0: You have a Bible with you. Turn to Luke chapter nineteen. Luke chapter nineteen. We are in our final week of our series. Read Jesus. In the past few weeks, we've talked about how fasting and prayer are vital in reaching people because you first need to have a relationship with God. And you need to find your people to help encourage you, to hold you accountable, and then to pray for you. And all those things are needed to effectively reach people because those are things that Jesus modeled for us. He modeled a life of prayer and fasting, and he modeled a life of community together. Finding your people. Now, this, this last week is a fi- final foundational piece for you, and it's probably the most obvious, because it's kind of the goal of what we're trying to do, and that's reach like Jesus. But it's finding your one. Go and find your one, which simply means you got to go actually seek the lost, right? You can pray, and you can, you can find your people, but if you don't go and actually try to find them then you're not doing anything, right? You're not, doing, you're, fulfill, you're not fulfilling your whole purpose. So go and find your one. Luke chapter 19, starting verse one. Very familiar story for most of us. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there by the name of Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was so short, he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. And since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest with the sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. If you would pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for this time. And Lord, I just pray That you open up all of our hearts to hear this message, to hear your purpose for all of us as Christians. Each and every one of us, we have our own individual purpose, but we're united by this single purpose that we were called to go and seek the lost. We were called to go and make disciples and to teach them to obey. So, Lord, as we go throughout this message that you've laid on my heart this week and You've prepared in me to prepare for the people gathered here today. Let's pray that you speak to them as you've spoken to me. And Lord, speak through me as you always do and you always know how. Lord, we thank you for all that you are, all who you are, and what you're doing in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I have one question for you Have you ever played hide and seek before? As an adult, Have you played hide-and-seek before? If anyone says no, you're lying, or you've just never been near kids. Because every time that Chloe and I go to her brother's house, we go to visit our our niece and nephew, and my niece, Crimson, always wants to play hide-and-seek at some point. right After we've gone and played with her LOL dolls or... Played with whatever was available right there within reach because she's very squirrely brain sometimes, right? So it's just whatever she sees first, that's what I'm going to play with. But she always wants to play hide and seek at some point. Now they have a, a pretty big home, but there's not a lot of spaces to hide, right? It's not easy to hide for me. Uh, for her, she's six, so she's pretty tiny and she can fit in really tight, compact spaces. I, on the other hand, am 24, and average-sized man. I can't fit in those places. So I have to be really creative whenever we're playing hide-and-seek, especially when we're playing team hide-and-seek, where it's me and Crimson versus Chloe and Daniel. Because then I can't hide in a different place. I have to hide in the same place. So... There there's several closets that are packed with stuff, right? We all pack our closets of stuff. And we always hide in the same closet every single time. So it's not hard for Chloe and Daniel to find this because they know exactly where we're going. That one closet that has just enough space for me and Crimson to fit in. Now it's very compact, so I'm always like really, you know, cramping up and I can't move and I can't say anything. She's talking to me the whole time. I'm like, shh, shh, we're trying to win right like, cuz i get competitive. but uh, when we just play by ourselves she gives me a good whole 20 seconds to go and hide and it's not even like 20 seconds like normal it's 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 ready or not here i come i'm, like, I'm not ready i've not even left the <laughs> i've not left the room yet but i'll go and i have to be really creative and she always finds me really really quickly it's very easy for her to find me, not because I'm loud and or anything, but just I, I don't fit well in in spaces. So there's not a lot of options for me. So she checks the three options that I have, and then she finds me in one of them. Now, when she goes and hides, she's a lot better at hiding than me, simply because she can fit anywhere, right? You you she could fit in a cabinet if she wanted to, but she doesn't. But as, as I'm going and looking, whatever room that I walk in, she laughs because she can hear me, right? So she's also really easy to find because as I'm walking into the room, I hear, <laughs> like, I wonder where she is, like, but I know some of y'all are guilty of this too, but sometimes when I walk in the room, I just pretend like I didn't hear her. I pretend like I didn't see her hand move or whatever, or the, the covers under her bed where she's hiding under. I didn't see them shuffle really violently, which she thought wasn't violently at all. But, and I just, you know, walk out of the room and, and still pretend, which makes it more fun for her. But there's also times, and I know I'm not the only one in this room that's guilty of this where a kid comes up to you, or Crimson, in my case, comes up to me and says, count so I can go hide. And I'm like, okay, one, two, three, goes upstairs, four. And then, you know, they go and hide. You get to spend some time with, you know, other family members while they're hiding. Now, usually I'm given 50 seconds from her, which I also learned, if I count for 50 seconds and she's not ready, I've cheated. So I, I have to give her enough time after the 50 seconds to go in and hide. So it's really just like five minutes. I'll wait about five minutes and then I'll go and try and find her. So she thinks I'm awful at hide and seek as of right now, but sometimes I just wait because I, I really do want to spend time with Chloe's family and um, be able to visit with them. But at the same time, I do want to play with my niece, hide and seek. So I'll wait like five, 10 minutes, and then I'll go and try and find her and pretend like I've been searching forever. But as she's gotten older, she's caught on to that. She's catching on. Um, So what's happening is if I do that too much, then she'll go and ask Chloe or she'll go and ask someone else to go and play hide and seek. And she'll make her rounds around every single adult that's in the room to go and play hide and seek with her. And sometimes there's another one uh, that will get up. Most of the time it's Chloe, but she'll get up and start playing hide and seek. And honestly, it's no harm for us, but we, we just kind of get tired of playing the same game, right? We get tired of looking in the same places because we know that's where they're going to be, right? It worked for the last 10 minutes that we pretended that we couldn't find her, so they're going to go to the same exact place, and we got to pretend like we can't find them again. Now, what I, what I think is that this really relates to how we reach people sometimes. We get tired of playing the same game of going and finding them. Now, when we're really young in our faith, we go and seek the lost. We're so excited to. We, we, we count really fast, just like Crimson. We, we count really fast, and then we go, and we rush into it, and we're looking all over the place. And if we can't find them, we go and ask for help. But as we grow older, as our responsibilities, the stresses of life kind of pile in, then we, we're like, I'm, I'm just going to wait a little bit longer. Right? I know they're hiding. I know where they're hiding. It's always under the bed covers because they can't see me. But I, I know where they're at. But I'm, I'm just going to wait a little bit. I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear where they were hiding from. I, I'm going to pretend like I didn't see them there. I'm gonna pretend like that because life is stressful. Oftentimes we don't get enough rest and the rest that we do get is never enough. And so when we have moments where we can just sit and rest, we're gonna take those moments, most likely. And if during those rest periods, you're also being told and, and tugged by God to say, hey, there's someone that needs to be reached. I mean, like, God, can we just, you know, wait? I, I, I personally don't think that they're ready to hear the gospel yet. You know, they, they still got to fix a few things in their life. They still have to be more open and more understand. And so, you know, let's just, let's count a little bit longer Let's pretend like we didn't see that opportunity and we'll just keep on going and resting because we desperately need it. But if we do this for too long, someone else is gonna find find them and they're gonna be willing to play hide and seek. They're gonna be really willing to go and reach them. And let me paint this very grim picture for you. There is someone out there who is seeking And he's really good at seeking and he's really good at finding and he's really good at destroying because he's like a lion seeking whom he can devour. And if the people of God, the followers of Christ won't go and find them, the principalities and powers of hell will. We are supposed to, we're commanded to, to seek life, seek to bring life and life to the full to our communities. And if we neglect this command from God, the generations to follow will be devoured. Because just like Crimson really loves to play hide and seek, if I stop playing hide and seek, she's going to look somewhere else and there will be someone who will play with her. There will be someone who will seek and find and lead astray. But if we pray, if we find our people and we truly seek the lost... We can bring light to this community like no other. And I can't wait to see it happen, but it will take some time, and we'll have to be intentional, and we'll have to invest. But let me show you how we can start bringing a light into our community through this famous story of Jesus. So we find Jesus in Luke chapter 19. He's heading towards Jerusalem, towards the end of his life, and he's walking towards Jericho, and he's walking through Jericho. And there's this man named Zacchaeus, who is a short, wealthy tax collector. Now, if you're anything like me, I've been singing this song the whole time that I've been speaking, the whole time that I was preparing, and that's Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. How insulting is that phrase? Like, he's just a wee little man. Just say he's short, okay? But he's a, he's a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. What did he do? He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree, and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down from there, for I'm what? I'm going to your house today. I'm going to your house today. It makes me wonder how willing we are to go into people's homes just to show them that we love them. I wonder how willing we are to go into people's homes just to show them that God loves them. Now, I do know that some homes that we might stumble across might not be safe. And I'm not trying to get you kidnapped, hurt, harmed, killed. Okay? So think of home as, yes, physical, structure homes that, that we live in for shelter, but also the home as in their heart, the home as in their life, their community. See, investing in the lives to the point that you reach their heart. That's really what we're trying to do. That's the whole goal of going into someone's home and saying, I'm going to spend some time with you, learn about who you are, be involved in your community, and shine the light that way. See, it's just getting to know them, sitting down, having a meal with them, sharing your life and how Jesus has given you grace. And you know how much power that can bring to a person's life when you just sit You have a meal and you just talk. And talk not in the sense of in an hour I have to be somewhere else, but we're just gonna sit and we're gonna talk and you know however long it lasts, it lasts that long. You know what it can do? Well, if you look at verses eight through nine, you can see that very clearly. Zacchaeus goes and he says, I'm gonna give away all my half my possessions. I'm gonna pay back four times what I've wronged people in. And Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. Salvation has come. So when we invest in people, it might take some time, but salvation is near for them. And if we really want to see the lost be saved, we have to sit with them. We have to invest in them and expect nothing in return, but even to the point to where we're sacrificing for them, just as Jesus sacrificed for us. And as followers of Christ, we are to do exactly what it says in Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And if we're following in Christ's direction, then we're going to be led to those same places to seek and to save the lost. Now, why would you want to do that? Why would you even want to go and find the lost? Right? Why, why can't they all just come here? Like if they would just come into this building, then everything would be fine. Their life would all just fall right into the right pieces. Why do we have to go out there when they can come here? Well, that's because you were once a Zacchaeus. You were once the one that couldn't see over your pain. You couldn't see over your brokenness. You couldn't see over your darkness or your pride. So you climbed a bunch of trees to try to figure out how to be healed, to try and figure out what the meaning of life was. You tried so hard in climbing all these trees to find all these temporary solutions, but there was not a tree that was tall enough. There was not a tree that was strong enough until you came to the sycamore tree. And when you walked up to the sycamore tree, you're like, maybe Jesus has something to do with this. So you started climbing up that tree. And as you climbed up the tree to look for something better, to look for the meaning of life, to escape the brokenness that you've hid so well in your heart just to get a glimpse of who Jesus is. And as you're up there, Jesus walked right by you. And he looked up at you and he said, come down from your brokenness. Come down from your pain. Come down from your hurt. And allow me to come into your house, into the depths of your heart and your soul, and I will bring you salvation. Not because you deserve it, but because I love you that much. And now that many of you have received that salvation, you have the amazing opportunity to be something for other people so that they can see and receive that same salvation, that same hope, and that same transformation that you have through Christ. Now, when I was studying this, this like hit me like a brick wall and maybe it'll hit some of you and maybe it won't. It'll just fly right over your head and that's fine. You get to be the sycamore tree. That's who you are in the story. You get to be the sycamore tree. Without the sycamore tree there, Zacchaeus would have very much struggled to see Jesus. But us as planted sycamore trees, planted in the perfect place, By God, we give people the opportunity by looking into our lives, by investing in their lives to get a better glimpse of who Jesus really is. So not only are we seeking and finding, but we are planting ourselves into their lives so that whenever God places in their heart to go and to look in just a little bit of curiosity, who is this Jesus guy that, that this friend of mine keeps talking about? You're that sycamore tree. And as they climb on you and they look, they should see Jesus. And they should see Jesus walking right by them saying, come down, daughter. Come down, son. You don't have to be broken anymore. You have salvation. You are the tree and you've been called with a great purpose by the messenger of the gospel. To be the messenger of the gospel. To be the way that people see Jesus, by the way that you live, by the message that you share, by the love that you have for God and you have for others. And if we really desire for our community to be transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we need to leave the church building and go be the church. Now we're not to neglect this meeting and gathering that we have. This is to encourage, to equip, to empower, to, to help you as you go throughout your mission, throughout the week. But we need to make sure that it's not all just supposed to be contained into this building because we have to go and shine. We have to go and plant ourselves in people's lives and find the opportunities for people to see the real Jesus, not the fake false Jesus that this world and our culture has created, but the real Jesus, the Jesus that died for the forgiveness of our sins, the Jesus that resurrected from the dead, a pastor that I follow, he once wrote in a Christianity Today article. It says, why do we put inviting people to church so high on our evangelism priority list? Because it's easy. You See, inviting someone to church is easier than inviting them to see Christ in me. Inviting people to church is easy for us as Christians, but it's hard for them as nonbelievers. Inviting them into our home is hard for us, but it's easy for them. We seek the lost by inviting them into our homes, into our lives, and being willing to go to their home too. And if you're watching or if you're here today and you are that Zacchaeus, you've been so broken in your life and and everything just seems to be falling apart. And you're like, I'm facing brokenness. I'm I'm hurt all the time. I, I can't. I can't live like this anymore. Let us as the church be the sycamore tree to show you who the real Jesus is. And I'm telling you, when you give it a chance, when you allow yourselves to be put in situations where you are on top of the tree and you're looking down at Jesus, Jesus will always be there. And he's looking at you saying, I'm here, come down from your shame, come down from your sins, come down from your brokenness. Why? Because he loves you. He values you. He wants to get to know you. He wants you to know him. So if you are the Zacchaeus and you're struggling, you've been barking up all these trees with no results, you've been climbing all these trees and seeing nothing, I would encourage you to take a step of faith. Whether it's up at the altar or the front row or wherever, take a step of faith and say, Jesus, I'm gonna give you a chance. I believe that you've died. I believe that you've risen again. And I believe that you wanna heal me. So Lord, heal me. So would you go and, and live your purpose for him as a Christian to go and plant yourself in people's lives? As you pray and you fast, as you go and you find your people, would you go and plant yourself to be maybe the only opportunity that they have, the only tree that they can climb to see Jesus.